So tonight I'd like to offer some reflections and teachings on the uh, theme, Great Quality of Patience. Um, so I'd like to begin by sharing a passage from the, from the Buddha. How, Lord, did you cross the flood? Without tarrying, friend, and without struggling, did I cross the flood. But how could you do so, O Lord? When tarrying, friend, I sank. And when struggling, I was swept away. So, friend... It is by not tarrying and not struggling that I have crossed the flood. So, um, So I suppose in a way this talk is maybe an exploration of the different facets of patience, this quality, kanti, K-H-A-N-T-I in the Pali, uh, forbearance, patient endurance, uh, has these different maybe facets, different aspects as these great qualities often do. And they're not just sort of one flavor. They have different shades or tastes. And how this quality of patience is a very key uh, quality or condition for this uh, crossing of the floods. Uh, one of the great heart-mind qualities which when it's fully uh, developed has great transformative power. And so perhaps is one of the qualities one of them that can help us to find that middle way. So you know, this between extremes of between the you know the self mortification on the one hand and self indulgence on the other. In many ways, maybe we can see ourselves struggling and getting, you know, carried away, and, and uh, or somehow tarrying, you know, kind of losing energy and sinking. The sinking mind, one of our companions on the path. Yeah. So crossing the floods, this image that sometimes comes up in different ways, doesn't it? I, so before we get into patience, I, I thought, well, let's consider the floods a little bit. The, these forces, this, this, this sense of how we get carried away in, in, in so many different, different ways. Um, you know, subtly or more obviously, sort of 
carried around. I think the sort of elemental nature of that, the that sort of like like forces of nature. I think very very helpful. Like the image of the river, you know, and the and the floods, and so how much we can. Yeah, we we can fall into the trap of feeling like that's somehow wrong or, you know, doing it wrong if, if I'm being pushed and pulled and carried along by various things. But, you know, this is maybe the path understood as a river. Um, you know, uh, yeah, and it's, it's just, isn't it, this continual learning of how to, um, how to find steadiness how to you know yeah how to navigate that how to float how to swim how to sometimes find the edge and climb out or <laughs> find a friend find a log um maybe you could ex- extend that metaphor <laughs> but also you know like the images of the worldly winds like sometimes can't it feel like just being buffeted you know Pleasure, pain, gain, loss, like, whoa, you know, swept away. Oh, I'm doing so great. Oh, God, oh, it's terrible. Oh, dear. Bye-bye, Samadhi, you know, see you later. Um, the worldly winds, you know, just buffeting. Or waves, you know, there's this wonderful story I wanted to share a little bit um, about being knocked down by the waves story. I remember reading, written by Pema Chodron about an interaction she had with her teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche. Maybe you know this story. So this is my memory of it. This is obviously my understanding of it, hopefully accurate enough. Um, Walking in to have an interview one-to-one with him and um, going in and talking in and just telling him, you know, as I know sometimes we do, you know, sometimes I do it, sometimes you do it, and then come to the one-to-one and you're spewing it, and this happened, and that happened, and I'm really this, and it's that, and they won't, and I can't, and what do I do? And like, you know, this torrent, there's the flood, <laughs> there's the flood sometimes, and uh, so apparently then he just, this is mostly just listening, and then it got to the end of her time, and as he, he was walking her to the door, you know, this is like, Okay, our time's up. Here we go. Um, and so he said to her, as they were walking to the door, you know, it's 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 as if you were standing, you know, on the shore, and the wave, the big wave, comes in, knocks you down, and you're down in the sand, and you've got water up your nose, and sand in your ears, and mouth, and you just and you stand up, and you keep going, and another wave comes and knocks you over. And you fall down again and somehow you get yourself up and you just keep going. And the waves appear to get smaller. Yeah, so... Well, these um, images sometimes of these these experiences, you know, of meeting what's difficult, um, being personified, like in the, in, the, in the early text, you know, we have this figure of Mara, you know, it's Mara who comes along, so it'd be, yeah, like a, a figure of demons or, you know, these sort of personifications of, of difficulty, of temptation, of being, you know, 
sometimes maybe it's more helpful to to um you know think of it that way or sometimes i encourage people to personify a particular pattern you know as one of those kind of patterns familiar patterns we have sometimes to let it give it shape give it form give it a face give it fangs you know uh, big ears or whatever you know just as a way of expressing and um getting some relationship with these difficulties another little story um which has some bearing on our theme don't worry i will get back to that but um so another read a story and i love this story for some reason so i don't know you may know it but um so it's a little girl recounting a dream or a nightmare that she's had to her uh, her friend another little girl say describing this terrible dream of monsters who who chase her and she's just having this dream again and again this nightmare it's one of those recurrent nightmares and so she's telling her friend and her friend finally says well what do they look like these monsters and so the other the little girl is having them like she says oh, i don't know I don't, I don't know, I've never looked, I'm just running, <laughs> I'm like, I'm running, so I don't know, just stop and look. Um, so, the next night, she says, right, I'm going to, you know, see if I can remember in the nightmare to look, and so somehow she, she uh, remembers to look, she's obviously telling her friend this later on, and in the dream, she turns and stops, and looks at the, straight at the monsters and they stop and then they start jumping up and down so just stays just like okay mm -hmm. funny monsters just stays and then they start um, turning into kind of um, would you say two dimensional is that flat yes right two dimensional shapes just kind of kind of moving and she stays, it stays, and then it, they just disappear. So I, can, I can hear some other people like that story. <laughs> and somehow this all seemed to me to have some bearing on our theme of patience. You know, this may be one of those qualities or part of that sort of ability or skillfulness that we can develop and find to, to stop, to be steady to turn towards, to face yeah, the waves, the floods, the demons, the monsters. And one more creature to add to the collection, dragon, dragon. So this is from Raina Maria Rilke. How could, how could we forget those ancient myths that stand at the beginning of all races? The myths about dragons that are, that at the last moment are transformed into princesses. Perhaps all the dragons in our lives are only princesses waiting for us to act just once with beauty and courage. Perhaps everything that frightens us is in its deepest essence something helpless that wants our love.
so patient so I'd like to share a few more thoughts and teachings about this and just invite you as you listen to kind of see how it marries with your understanding or maybe stretches it a little bit or a sense of what resonates you know maybe what aspect of patience are you aware of at the moment in your practice or in need of at the moment in your practice and how sometimes to to clarify that you know where it comes from the inside in a way rather than that you know okay patience good idea good policy right you know that's it's more like how we can you know what the felt the felt sense of that is and I've I brought this is my little show and tell for this evening um I um it's a little stone it's just a dark stone I found somewhere in England and it has a cross a white sort of cross in it and I've used this in the past as a touchstone moving around in my life I'm sure it could be handy on retreat as well and um so if you pick if you pick up a theme like this or any other theme and as a way of again touching touching something about I can feel it. it's got this sort of earth solidity it's a rock and I'm uh, holding it and I can feel it slightly warming under my touch and for me this this can be very meaningful so and helpful and sort of supportive you know maybe maybe it's it's like a friend maybe there's some relational sort of you know benefit in that it's not a person but hey you know could be a good friend and so that sense of patience is a touchstone and I have 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 done this at different times you know for a month or a week kind of like carry a theme around and and then have this in my pocket as a, a touchstone to remember and then somehow it's sort of you know just moving around and 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 sort of it gets woven into the fabric of the day somehow um, and I'm holding it partly for personal reasons to help me to find patience during the offering of this talk you know it's not so easy sometimes and I thought well let's you know do the practice <laughs> Do the practice, bring it to where, where where it's needed, which is everywhere, really, isn't it? Everywhere and all the time. Right? Yeah, so patience. Um, so I want to share, this is something that Ajahn Lee said about patience. So the important factors for anyone practicing to gain release from all suffering and stress are perseverance and endurance. For every kind of goodness has to have obstacles blocking the way. So again, it's the obstacles are another the hindrances, another sense of, of of what what feels kind of difficult, or and somehow, yeah. If we can, I think part of what is so important about patience is that it's um, 
it's really inviting us to, uh, or it's maybe a support helping us to embrace the conditions of our life, of our mind, you know, here and now, as the path, you know, and, 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 and not to reject what's offered. So the Buddha said, patient endurance is the supreme austerity for overcoming that which obstructs. So again, it's it's maybe just to encourage us to, this is a quality really worth reflecting on, maybe studying, you know, understanding and bringing to bear on on our experience. So one aspect of of patience, perhaps, is a sense of um, uh, something, something accepting, allowing, some some sense of non non aversive. Right? If you're genuinely, genuinely patient with something, it's not just like like gritting your teeth type patience and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go away. You know, you can hear. What's that? You know, that's a version, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe some other things as well. But so really helpful, I think, if we just a little bit. I want to touch on some of what isn't patience, or sometimes masquerade. You know, you have the near enemies of the Brahma Viharas. I think there's some for patience as well. It's maybe seems like it, but really isn't. But this sense of of a kind of... Now, this is a quote I picked up from uh, Greg Scharf, so if you want to follow this one up, listen to some of his talks when when you're out there. You can do that sort of thing. And it's a quote he often uses from someone called John Ciardi, who described or defined patience as caring slowly. Isn't that great? Caring slowly. This makes you want to slow down right now. Just caring slowly. Really beautiful. And an image came to mind, which does sometimes come to mind um, about our practice, which is the image of a gardener, a wise gardener, caring slowly. Patiently, persistently, wisely for this garden. Yeah? And that sense of patience being a wise patience of, 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 of knowing somehow, you know, patient enough to go around and see what's needed and when, and this is the time to dig and this is the time to sow, this is the time to sit on the bench and have a cup of tea. This is the time to step away. No, it's a really wonderful image, I think, of of and maybe yeah that that and I some of the wise gardeners that I've known and 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 just watching their care and skill and again caring slowly. They would be thinking of the whole year or the whole you know series of years and and even longer you know, with regard to the trees and this sort of kind of wide, kind of long view. 
but with also delicate care for, you know, tiny little seedlings and knowing, you know, what they need. Anyway, just that image. Okay, so another obviously aspect of patience I've already mentioned is a sense of enduring, kind of bearing, bearing with. Which again, I think is very interesting to look into our subjective experience and see if we can um, discern the difference between the kind of, you know, that kind of bearing with, which again is a sort of gritted teeth kind of putting up with, um, but this is not, this is not, there's something different being pointed to here, isn't there, bearing with is um, something much more um, quiet about that, maybe. I'm trying to to share with you a quote, um, actually a series of quotes that I want to share from this book on the Parami by Ajahn Suchito. Um, But so, so in this regard, he says, Patience holds the heart still in the presence of its suffering until it it lets go of the ways in which it creates suffering. Yeah. So that, maybe there, there's a kind of sense of patience as something that is holding, you know, gently, like kind of, again, taking care of, staying with, you know, not abandoning because it's difficult or confusing, but that which can be with, bear with, sort of hold, steady with, you know, so that what 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 is needed can be discerned, or again, a natural process maybe can be be allowed to happen. So the patience that holds the heart still in the presence of its suffering. Isn't that beautiful? I just. Just, yeah, so, and maybe another way of understanding patience, patient, the kind of patience that um, we can connect with even in the presence of, of what is difficult. I know one of my teachers, Christina Fulman, I think I remember her saying quite frequently something like, we learn patience in the classroom of impatience. Something like, does that sound like her... <laughs> It's like, mm. So yeah, that's probably true, isn't it? It's kind of amazing. Anyway, I want to go on to that a bit. Like how 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 many ways we can be impatient, and how many opportunities we can find for impatience in a single day? No, nay, nay, an hour, nay, a minute. <laughs> so this this sense that. Um, impatience, like so much suffering can come with impatience, can't it? And it's like, it's so, ooh. I was thinking, I was earlier today, I was reflecting, what, do, what is impatience like? I think it's not very nice, really. It's kind of quite unpleasant. <laughs> and it's got some suffering, some dukkha with that, you know. And 
and how sometimes it feels like we can't um, we can't let go of it because we are right to feel impatient. They should be going faster or slower. They should <laughs> not be there, or they should be there, or all these shoulds. I mean, I was, you know, like how 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 impatience is is um, justified because they are wrong, yeah. And they're almost, we're depriving ourselves of the opportunity to be patient with it, of giving away our power in a way, you could say, of, to conditions, to people, to, yeah, to the queue in the supermarket, or the queue here, I don't know, it's like, come on, I'm hungry, hurry up. <laughs> it's like, and if you see, if you see that, you think, for goodness sake, you know, but there it is. It's this pattern, it's this impatience. It's not the people or the queue. But, you know, we can get so easily fooled, can't we, into thinking it is the people, it is the queue. Yeah, so I think, as always, as often with these great qualities, you know, it's a lot of the practice can actually take place in that sense of, of really knowing the impatience. How does it feel in the body? You know, how does it feel in the heart? Or, you know, what is the thoughts, the views that come in there? Really, really helpful. So another quality, which maybe is related here, of true patience, I think this is Krishnamurti, I think, said, True patience is not of time. True patience is not of time. Or Ajahn, sorry, Ajahn Sumedho again. So I'm really going with the Ajahns this evening. When you are willing to be the one who has all the patience in the world to be with the existing condition, you can let it cease. I'm going to say that again. This is just a lot in that. When you are willing to be the one who has all the patience in the world, to be with the existing condition, you can let it cease. So I also put in brackets all the time in the world. The sense of if you take away past and future, just sort of slightly, just push it to one side for a moment. (laughs) Just think, okay, here we are. This is happening. Okay. Hmm. Do you hear, it's like patience, here, just here, it's almost like it, then it becomes, it's taken out of the, the realm of time, and it's more in the realm of heart, chitta, of just, so this is a very different kind of patience, isn't it, from the gritting the teeth patience, or the waiting, putting up with it till it goes away. Can you hear how embedded that is in sense of time? 
No. Or it wasn't like this before. I want it to go away so it can be like that again. Or, you know, when, when I've, I've, when I've got to the end of the drive, then I can really start my walk. I'm on the road. I mean, I'm just, how, how much do we do that? Maybe this is the kind of, isn't it sort of this sort of leaning forward? It can be very, very subtle, very subtle. So no, no timetable. No, no, you know, okay, by, um, by this time in 20 minutes, we're all going to be completely enlightened. Uh, right, let's go for it. Come on, quick, hurry up. First one shouldn't make jokes about things like that, but anyway, I just did. So, yeah, no timetable. Okay, so here's another teaching. Um, Patience has the characteristic of acceptance. Its function is to endure the desirable and the undesirable. Its manifestation is tolerance and non-opposition. So you can hear that brings together quite a lot of what we've just been sort of exploring. But I really like this, enduring the desirable. You don't often hear those two together, do you? I think that's very important, very helpful. You tend to think of enduring what's unpleasant, but actually to, to again, this bearing with, this patient presence with what is pleasant, you know, rather than the clinging, the attachment, all of that, which is also suffering. And then the last part of this, and I'm really sorry, I don't have a reference for where this comes from. I think it's commentarial. Its proximate cause is seeing things as they really are. So this is very, this is, this is, I think, a really crucial part of the reflection on what, what wise patience really, really is. So, so if we, you know, maybe this is another way in or another way of understanding how it's cultivated. And, and I, so, let's just briefly touch on, if, if you're impatient with something, let's say it's a sensation in the body, often happens on retreat, doesn't it, one way or another, you know, sensations in the body, different kinds, kind of that impatience, you know, why doesn't this go away, I've had it for 50 years, you know, I'm absolutely sick of it, all this kind of thing, or, now what happens if you take an experience like that and you start to really hang out with a bit in the sense of, okay, unsatisfactory, you know, that, that aspect of dukkha, what it means. Like, why am I expecting my body to be satisfactory? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's that, it, it can be somewhat at times, but you know, bringing that perspective, like, uh-huh. hmm, that that wisdom, or seeing the uh, change, change, changingness, anicca, uncertainty, kind of, yeah. Even even here and now, with the most solid, 
pattern in the world that's been sitting on us for centuries. No, it's not fixed, actually. Neither is our perception of it. So sometimes are these things just to be willing to, to bring in Nietzsche in and see, can I see it in that way? Yeah. Or with the, or with the anatta, you know, can I, can I see this as just human energy, bodily energy? It's not so personal. And, and not so much something that belongs to somebody who's got to sort it out. Like, can I start to just really clarify and really see that part of it, that part of the dynamic and start, oh. You know, and then that slight shift of view that can happen, you know, just naturally or, or you know, sometimes we can just sort of shift the view a little bit and say, what if I could just feel this and see this as, as you know, as... It's like I think Joseph Goldstein has sometimes recommended people to imagine the thoughts that they're hearing in their head are actually coming from the person next to them. <laughs> you know, it's a kind of a nice little sort of light trick. Or, well, what about the, what are the sensations in your body? No, I can't follow you there. That's, that's going a bit far. But we're, we're like actually someone else's experiencing and just sort of picking, you just happen to be picking up on it because your mind is so sensitive and you think it's you, you know. You know, and just again playing a bit with that. Um, it's much, much harder, isn't it, to be impatient with something that's not yours. <laughs> so how much of the impatience is actually rooted in that sense of ownership? So perhaps part of the the effect of this theme is that I'm not going through this talk nearly as fast as I thought I would. <laughs> and so maybe um, maybe that's okay. So um, I also want to mention a little bit more about this sense of the near enemy or what patience is not. You know, maybe, I, I don't know, if you reflect on this for yourself, sometimes it can feel like um, something like passivity, almost. Like, that's not patience, but it can feel like, well, I'll just won't do anything, or something like that. Or, or even collusion in something that actually needs action, but somehow there's a sense of, oh, I'm just being patient, whereas actually we're, we're, we're sort of holding back, or not engaging with something that actually needs to be engaged with. Anyway, I just was sort of noticing sort of some of what can maybe masquerade as patience. And Ajahn Suchito again. Patience is not meant to make you a doormat, but to act as a fire break on immediate impulses that are not for our welfare. Yeah then discernment can know what to bear with and when to act in a clear, responsible way. Yeah, so 
a fire break for immediate impulses, not a um, not an instruction to do nothing. Right? It's not. I don't want to equate it with inaction. Um, let's trying to see what else. Um, I mean, I think maybe another point I really wanted to make was um, how when you, I don't know if, if, you, if you would find this true if in your own experience, a sense of when you, when you commit to something, whether it's meditation, a retreat, or something in your life, you know, work or relationship or some, um, some, something to do with social change or racial justice or uh, climate activism, some, 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 some way in which you, you say, you, you give yourself, whole, you, you commit yourself to something. And that sense again of the obstacle, the blockage, the the difficulty that comes up almost inevitably because of the commitment. Does that make sense? It's like, you know, here sometimes people come and then, you know, there's a container you say, before you come, yes, you know, I'll refrain from this and I'll refrain from that, I'll put my phone away and I won't, you know, this. and then you find how much the almost the act of having made that commitment sort of it's like frustration is is activated right i mean in a way it's natural isn't it it's it's a sort of almost because we can't have it we want it or something like that um and and that working with that frustration takes a huge amount of patience to try and again bear with but also to bring discernment you know, because sometimes there might be something really needs to be taken care of. You know, I had someone here a little while ago who, you know, was bearing with a lot of bodily discomfort. And then at some point it was like, hey, I need a doctor. Bye. You know, and this is, this, this is very important. And, and there may be lots of other ways that that can come in. Um, and so I think... I guess this is where it always has to be wis- wisdom, doesn't it? Wise patience, not stupid patience. <laughs> and that 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 it that it it's accompanied by quality of discernment. You know, it's not just that. You just sometimes that image, maybe some of these these statues and things can like you can get this sort of sense of right. You know, right, I go really solid, and I'm grippy. I'm got my fists, and I'm. You know, I'm right, right. <laughs> Patient endurance, you know, and it's <laughs> oh goodness me, does it? Yeah, Whew, that was exhausting. I only did it for about ten seconds. <laughs> so again, maybe that's another thing that can masquerade. It's like, what is the true, wise, compassionate, patient endurance? that the Buddha was talking about. Bearing beyond strength is another phrase that one of my teachers, which I never really understood, I think I'm understanding it more now, that, that there's, there's, again, not gritted teeth, but this bearing beyond what I think I can bear. Yeah, If you start dropping out that sense of I and what it should and I can't, and just sort of 
feeling. And it's somehow your capacity to bear with most the pleasant and the unpleasant sort of seems to expand a lot. Again, when, when there's more a sense of this is just this, you know, this is this, widen, softening around that and maybe beginning to be more aware of the shoulds and the, you know, shouldn't and the, the views, subtle, subtle views. Isn't this, this comes up so much in interviews. They shouldn't be having this experience. <laughs> and I do it as well. It was just amazing. And how much suffering is bound up with, with just that. So again, again, the patience, isn't it, has to sort of expand to include all of these ways in which we, we get really confused and f- can't quite find our ground, find our ground. Again, I always find myself coming back to the ground, the earth, the stone, the floor, that contact of the body, that sense of the body as earth, you know, being able to feel the earth quality, the earth element in the body, spend time with that can be incredibly helpful in the face of of impatience. The breathing. A sense of a sense of spaciousness. And I think, you know, this is this is something very um connected with the um sense of a Nietzsche. You know, this um trying to find another quote. I can't find it. It's gone. Oh here it is. Um, which is a, a teaching I sometimes use. It's a little bit from Mathieu Ricard from his book on ha- happiness. So just you get the the sense of this. Without actively, without trying to actively block sensory perceptions, recollections, and imagination, feel that you are simply uninfluenced by them. Yeah, it's another. Maybe a way, uh, a way, a way of cultivating patience. Another way of understanding it, which actually begins to almost feel and sound like equanimity. And I think that, yeah, maybe patience. Really, that's sort of where it's going. It's going. It's sort of going towards equanimity. Hmm. So, um, hmm, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm going to close these reflections by sharing another piece from, from this book by Ajahn Suchito on the Parami, and I will put it in the library, I think, over the next few days. So if you want to check it out and check out the chapter on patience, then you can, um, and I feel like he's certainly, I know we all have our teachers that we related to and in the past and the present. And I, I feel like he's somebody I've learned some of what I've learned about patience from him. And f- for me, a lot, a lot about what that is, is um, 
again, this is about me, so much about him, but this sense of allowing oneself to be um, unresolved on a personal level. No, that 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 the liberation, the healing, the the, the releases does not depend on me being any other way than this. Uh, yeah. So I'm just um, leave you f- with his words. Pure patience is a kind of acceptance that acknowledges the presence of something without adding anything to it or covering it up. It is supported by the insight that when one's mind stops fidgeting, whining and blaming, then suffering can be understood. It is this suffering that stirs up hatred and greed and despair And it is through practicing the Dhamma, or way of liberation, that its energy and emotional current can be stopped. Reactivity isn't the truth of the mind. It's a conditioned reflex, and it's not self. Because of that, suffering can be undone, and when it is, the mind is free. Reactivity isn't the truth of the mind. It's a conditioned reflex and it's not self. Because of that, suffering can be undone. And when it is, the mind is free. So, thank you for whatever patience you can bring to bear on your, on your, on your life, on your experience. And, and thank you for your practice. And... May we all know the end of suffering. <laughs>